Okay, so James Franklin decided to take jabs at Michigan, jabs at the local media. It was quite the press conference for Coach Franklin. You are Locked On Nittany Lions, your daily podcast on the Penn State Nittany Lions, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks so much for making Locked On Nittany Lions your first listen and watch every single day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast. part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Zach Seiko, bringing you all things Nittany Lions. And James Franklin gave us a very interesting press conference for his weekly preview of the opponent, which was supposed to be UMass, but it took some twists and turns. Today's episode is brought to you by Jace Medical. Empower yourself. When you purchase a Jace case, providing you with a personal supply of five antibiotics that treat 50 plus infections, get yours today at jacemedical.com. That is J-A-S-E medical.com. So James Franklin was pulling, uh, basically subtweeting Michigan here and then kind of went direct head to head with a local beat reporter for Penn State's media. We're going to talk about that in the upcoming segments. Plus at the end of the show, Jalen Harvey has set a commitment date, and Big Noon Fox strikes again with a, a prime, what should be a primetime Penn State game. Let me know in the comments about your thoughts with James Franklin, because everybody's seen the fight. The clip went viral, the two-minute exchange between himself and Corey Geiger. I know this reporter. I know Corey on a personal level. Uh, it, was, it was an interesting exchange, and we are going to discuss it. We're also going to call out Locked On Wolverines in this episode. That's what we're going to do in the first segment. So. No more time to waste, but become an everydayer. Subscribe to Locked on Nittany Lions wherever you get your podcasts, including YouTube. Okay, so not a moment to waste here. We got plenty to discuss between what James Franklin said in just two quotes. It is, but there's so much to unpack here, right? So, and we're including Locked on Wolverines. Isaiah Hull, great podcast host, great reporter. We're going to discuss what he said on his show, and you can see his comments as well. I will link that episode so that you can see them and hear them for yourself. But I feel it's fitting because uh, he brought up Frames Janklin, as they like to call him over uh, at Lockdown Wolverines and just the Michigan fan base. So did James Franklin actually take a veiled shot at Michigan and Jim Harbaugh? Well, Michigan fans seem to think so. Uh, I'll let the quote speak for itself and bring that to you. But coach alluded to scheduling changes that were made from an unnamed Big Ten Conference opponent or a fellow Big Ten Conference school. You listen, you watch the quote for yourself. Here it is. Yeah, I, I would say there's 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 a team in this conference specifically that's buying out of a ton of game contracts that are already signed. Uh, to go in in the complete opposite direction. So um, no, I, I don't I don't think it's it's changed. It's I would say you could even make the argument it's magnified, and that's why people are 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 changing their schedules because um, you know you look at you look at who people are going to have to play just in our conference. Um, it, it's going to be even more challenging than it's than it's ever been. So um, I, I don't I don't think you know the philosophy or the model uh, has changed. You got to do whatever you possibly can to give yourself a chance. Number one, to be undefeated at the end of the season. Um, to your point, with a bigger playoff, there's probably a little bit more wiggle room in terms of right now. It's it's kind of 
you know, undefeated or at the most one loss. Um, and then on top of that, um, you know, if you're not scheduling to be undefeated, you're scheduling to have as least as many losses as possible to give yourself a chance to be in the playoffs. Um, you know, there's another team in this conference um, that has had a ton of success the last couple of years. And again, I, th I think it would follow the same argument. So, um, so no, I, I, don't, I don't think so. And from the ADs and head coaches and people I've talked to, um, if, if anything, I think it, it magnifies it even more. So there you have it. James Franklin essentially subtweeting Michigan. Now, I thought he was referring to Ohio State because Ohio State had canceled the home-and-home -home series with Oregon, but now it makes a little more sense because the Ducks are going to be part of the Big Ten. So what is the point of having that series moving forward? But Michigan did a similar thing before UCLA moved to the Big Ten. The Bruins and the Wolverines were supposed to have a home-and-home -home series 2021-2022. That got canceled. Michigan bought them out of the contract. People seem to pick that up a little quicker than I did here. But that that is what they did before UCLA joined the Big Ten. So let me clarify James Franklin's point before I have a little bit of uh, open discussion here with Locked on Wolverines and Isaiah Holt, the, the host of the show. For James Franklin to make these comments, what he is saying is not necessarily a direct shot at Michigan. This was more about complimenting the Big Ten. Okay, people can frame it however you want. Michigan fans, if you want to be insecure about it, I'm totally fine if you think that way and feel that way. But this is what James, let's, let's translate James Franklin. He is saying that the conference schedule should be enough that you shouldn't have to go and cherry pick all these high profile games out of conference to bolster your schedule. The Big Ten has now added the Big Ten, right? 18 schools, hypocritical, but you were getting the some of the best schools in all of the country, in all of Power Five, in one place. Your conference schedule should be able to boost the resume on its own, and that is what James Franklin was saying. Yes, he called out the Wolverines in the process of it, but he was alluding to more of the fact that your conference schedule should be able to stand on its own, and you shouldn't have to go get a Georgia and Alabama. Yes, it's nice to sprinkle in some Power Five schools, but you shouldn't have to go to the SEC just to say have the college football playoff committee to look at your, your boatload of work and say, well, it's not good enough. You play in the Big Ten Conference. Nine games, the nine games that you are going to play are going to be challenging as it is. So, like I said, personally, I thought he was talking about Ohio State, but because that was the more recent news, but then you remember Michigan did cancel that UCLA home and home series before UCLA was really truly rumored to come to the Big Ten. Now, I want to call out Locked On Wolverines. And let me say this first, okay? I, I watched your Frames Janklin segment, okay? That's their fun little nickname for Coach Franklin. First, for Isaiah Hull, I respect him a lot. I've done a crossover with him. I hope to do another crossover with him again. Maybe I scare him away from this. Who knows? But fantastic reporter, fantastic podcast host, and a fantastic co-worker here at Locked On. But your take that Penn State does essentially the same thing as Michigan, scheduling cupcakes, but worse, was wrong, okay? That, that they don't schedule legitimate non-conference opponents is just flat out wrong, okay? He started with Auburn, saying, well, Auburn was 5-7, and seven, and then they were 6-7, and seven, and basically kind of laughing them off, the Tigers. And maybe I want to include Zach Blackerby and Locked on Auburn in this conversation as well, that 
uh, Isaiah was taking shots at your team, your school. Uh, but he basically said, ooh, scary, right? That the Tigers weren't that good. Penn State scheduled that home-and-home home series in 2016. Is James Franklin and, at the time, Sandy Barber, were they supposed to basically predict what the Auburn Tigers were going to look like five to six years from now? That is when that home-and-home home series was scheduled in the summer of 2016. So they're supposed to predict in 2021-2022 what the Auburn Tigers, a traditional SEC powerhouse, remember who was the coach there, Gus Malzahn, and that Auburn went to a national title game and were pretty well respected in the SEC at the time. And they were supposed to predict that they were going to be a dumpster fire and hire Brian Harson, who just didn't work out and, and drove every that program into the ground before they made the change to Hugh Freeze. Yes, Penn State was supposed to predict that, Isaiah. Right. Uh, but then he went through that Penn State while well, they scheduled Delaware and then they scheduled UCF early on and they played that game close and they played Temple close and they even lost to Temple. Those games were scheduled at the height of the sanctions. I'm not going to get into the, the reason for the sanctions, right? But we're talking about a team where James Franklin was truly rebuilding the program from the ground up and had no additional scholarships. And you're saying that I remember those uh, UCF teams were pretty good, actually, with Blake Bortles and Storm Johnson at quarterback and running back. Those those team, they play and they played those games overseas. They played one of them overseas at Ireland. That was a good game, but you had no scholarships. So Isaiah is basically claiming that Penn State does the exact same thing and does it worse. I don't see West Virginia on Michigan's schedule. I don't see Auburn on, I don't even see an attempt at schools like those two. Okay. And you, how are you supposed to predict that your keystone rival, your in-state rival is going to be the way it is. Pitt challenged them the first time. And then after that, uh, not really so much, but that's, that's on Pitt. What is Penn state supposed to do that? So who has Michigan scheduled out a conference that was so intimidating in the past five years, even slightly intimidating, right? Because Michigan Seems to get a preseason every year and nobody blinks an eye. Hawaii, oh, ooh, scary, right? Colorado State, UNLV, UConn, Northern Illinois, Middle Tennessee. So you want to you want to throw jabs at Penn State saying, well, they scheduled Delaware and they scheduled the likes. Of, they scheduled Akron. Bowling Green's on your schedule out of the MAC conference for Michigan. I'm not exactly getting the point that you're trying to make. For the past five years, it felt like Michigan had a, pre a legitimate four-game preseason before it met a Big Ten Conference opponent. They had Washington in 2021, but that's obviously not the same Washington. Again, whoa, you, you scheduled Washington. They weren't that good. You beat them 31-10. to 10. How is that fair? How are you supposed to know what kind of team Washington was going to be that season when you plan these things five to six years in advance? Penn State went out of its way to schedule Auburn. West Virginia. Let's not forget Virginia Tech either. I know Virginia Tech is going through a rebuild right now, but the Hokies, that game was supposed to be a home-and-home -home series, and that one got canceled because of COVID. We know about the circumstances, the circumstances surrounding that. Don't see Michigan doing any of this. Don't even see them making an effort, but now the conversation has shifted. You do not have to do that anymore. And I actually talked about that in the previous podcast with the Big Ten schedule release, the implications of it. Out-of-conference scheduling 
is going to become basically shallow waters. All the games are going to be cupcake games because the Big Ten Conference schedule is already as difficult as it is. You're going to be facing the likes of USC, UCLA, Ohio State, Michigan, Penn State. You're going to be facing powerhouses over from the Pac-12 already within the Big Ten. So what is the point of going out to try to schedule somebody that is very competitive in the SEC? I do applaud Michigan. They got to play Texas. Okay, they got to play Texas in the upcoming season. Their schedule is finally really respectable out of conference for the first time since Jim Harbaugh has truly taken over. And so, yes, Penn State is doing it, but I think they've uh, taken a page out of Michigan's playbook. But at this point in time, that's all null and void because the Big Ten on its own, uh, it, it stands alone with where it is. You don't need to bolster your resume by going out of conference. You don't anymore i i feel free isaiah to to respond to this call out locked on nittany lines I, I hope for a little bit of a rivalry before it'd be a little bit of banter right going back and forth before the actual game itself i i hope to i hope to see a response from you about it it is locked on nittany lines now there's still the other quote to discuss james franklin uh, going with uh, back and forth with the reporter Corey geiger about a question he asked about drew allard throwing downfield we're going to discuss that in just a second. But first, let's hear from one of our sponsors of today's episode, and that is Jace Medical. Everyone should feel empowered to take care for themselves and their loved ones during the unexpected. That's why Jace Medical offers the Chase Case. The Jace Case provides five life-saving antibiotics for emergency use and gives you peace of mind so that you are not just hoping that you have access to medication in an emergency. Jace Medical makes sure that you have the medication in hand Jace Medical is simple. They handle everything from the online evaluation to the licensed pharmacy medication delivery and ongoing consultation and care. Don't get caught unprepared. Save more than $360 by getting these life-saving antibiotics with Jace Medical plus an additional $20 off by using code LOCKEDON at checkout on jacemedical.com. That is J-A-S-E medical.com, promo code LOCKEDON. The Locked On Podcast Network has been amping up college football coverage through the season. They're doing it again every single Friday, including this one with Locked On College Football Kickoff Live to preview the weekend slate of games with Locked On hosts bringing you the show live on YouTube, 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern time. And then wherever you get your podcast, you can listen to it after the fact. It'll be right here on Locked On Nittany Lines as well, streaming live on YouTube Fridays, 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern time to preview the weekend slate of games, talk about all the headlines, the latest news, and more Locked On College Football Kickoff Live. You will not want to miss it. Okay, so then there was the next quote. Corey Geiger, I, I know him personally. Very nice guy, family man, and, and cover. he's been covering the team for a long time, covering back to the Joe Paterno days before James Franklin. And I had a more of an amusing take on this, more of a... Because I thought it was a light subject, James Franklin saying, I'll, I'll, I'll play the quote. I'll let you listen to it. I'll let you watch James Franklin say it, but saying, I think you're speaking Japanese. I don't even understand you. I feel uncomfortable up here at the podium taking this question. It seemed like a funny response until the ramifications came from it. But here's what Coach Franklin had to say in response to Corey Geiger. Last question from Zoom, Corey Geiger. Hey, good afternoon, James. Hey, Corey. A follow-up to what uh, you were just asked there about Drew. 
Is there a balance, though, between, hey, we need you to throw the ball deep no matter – just take a shot. Don't don't overthink it. Take a shot. We need to see it. We're going to call it, and, and we need you to get some confidence in doing this as opposed to even giving a young quarterback a chance to say, hey, just check it down if, if, if it's not there. I, I don't really – understand what you're saying because we would never like I'm like my skin is curling when you say just drop back and chuck it deep no matter what like like that is like I, I don't even know what you're I don't know what you're saying it's like you're speaking like from just Mars. Send the guy in a post pattern take the shot throw it no matter your, what give your receiver a chance to make a play on a ball uh, even if he might be covered 30 yards down the field Maybe you think he'll be open 45 yards down the field and, and like Godwin did or with Jahan or KJ. We, you, we've you, we, like, like I still don't like you're speaking Japanese. Like, like we, we have never done that. Just throw the ball up and maybe he'll be open and maybe he'll catch. Like my skin is like, like, my, I'm, my, I'm, like you're making me uncomfortable. Like I don't, I don't know what you're talking about. So okay. yeah, we 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 would not do that. We would never do that. We've never thought about doing that as a head coach, as an offensive coordinator, as a receivers coach. I coached the receivers. I didn't want them to do that. Um, so no, no, strong no. Like yeah, no. I'm hoping we can cut this out so this doesn't even like get out into the universe. So Corey was actually one of the first to admit that he did not phrase the question right. Okay. He he felt he admitted responsibility for that. James Franklin, funny with his response, albeit maybe a little unprofessional, but Corey said I should have phrased the question a different way. Maybe James Franklin didn't fully understand it. Maybe he did and wanted to have some fun with it, regardless. And James Franklin said he wanted to basically have this removed. Not Well, it went viral. Like, it went insanely viral <laughs> on the internet, on X, Twitter, whatever you call it. And it, it had a lot of uh, bad ramifications from it because Corey, like I said, Corey Geiger is a family man. He does his job. He does it well. I, I'm not really interested in if you agree or disagree with him. But if he opened up and said that he was receiving death threats after this. Death threats over a poorly worded question. And that's why I can't have as much fun as this as I want to, because it was supposed to be a lighthearted exchange. But now people are saying that Corey should, yeah, I, I'm not going to say it on the podcast, but you know what I'm talking about here. And it just, it's just sickening. It just, it really is. I don't know who these messages or comments are coming from. If they're Penn State fans, you're not really a fan if you're doing that. Or a college football fan, supporter, you're, you're not. You don't represent any fan base. And you need to stay as far the hell away from any of this stuff when it comes to college football and Penn State because there's no place for that. As far as the question and the quote itself, let's address that because I don't want to dwell on the negative, but it is important to address. Okay. Corey basically asked, and I will simplify it as best as I can. Can you trust Drew Aller to throw down the field to anybody, Dante Cephas or Keandre Lambert-Smith, and just say, hey, give your receiver a chance? And I felt like that was a fair question because the passing game, if you worded it correctly, it is a fair question because the passing game has been very pedestrian. Is that by design? 
Is that because they don't trust anybody to go deep downfield? Drew Aller certainly has the arm strength, but do they trust the play concepts and the way the wide receivers are responding? Because I don't think it's a matter of Drew Aller can't do it. I think it has to do more with the fact that the wide receivers can't do it. And basically he was saying, is Drew Aller good enough to throw it downfield and give his receivers a chance? Or just can that play concept work? And James Rankin's like, no, 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 I can't. You're, you're making me uncomfortable because why would I just throw it up and say somebody go get it with the way the original question was worded? And I understand that from James Franklin's point of view. I understand what Corey Geiger is trying to ask in that press conference. I don't think the question was far-fetched. I understand how James is reacting here. I really do. I genuinely do. I think that, yes, from a coaching standpoint, that is reckless to just say, all right, because Drew Aller has a big arm, and he is really accurate, we're just going to throw it up to whoever and say, hey, receiver, come down with the football. That's a Hail Mary. And you're not going to throw Hail Marys when, uh, uh, unless it really does come down to that, and you have to. But that was James Franklin basically saying, no, we're not going to throw Hail Marys just for the fact. And Corey wasn't asking that either. He's just saying, do you trust the downfield passing a little more than you have shown? And so that's how I would translate it. But there's really not much more to that other than the ramifications that came along with it. And like I said, just very disgusting. Um, and I, I wish nothing but the best to Corey in this situation. I really just hope that everything's put to rest. You don't listen to these people. And, and I think James Franklin understands how his comments could be taken out of context. And I think, and coach has these interactions. We've seen it with, with the black coffee or talking about sending players, parents up to the Poconos for a special getaway. Like these, this is part of James Franklin's shtick. It, it, he has a fun with these whimsical responses in press conferences. So I think this one was a little more off the cuff, but it happened. And, and that's where we are. I, I don't think James Franklin meant any harm by it. And I don't think Corey Geiger meant any harm by it, but those, uh, those people commenting those nasty things certainly meant harm and that there is no tolerance for that zero tolerance there. Let's keep the conversation around Penn State football itself and not the negativity with some bad eggs uh, who like to watch college football and like to watch Penn State football. Jalen Harvey set a commitment date. Can you believe it? He's actually going to commit plus big noon kickoff on Fox strikes again with a Penn State game that should be in prime time. Before we get to any of that, let's hear from another sponsor on today's episode, and that is Prize Picks. And Prize Picks is proud to be a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Prize Picks is the largest independently owned daily fantasy sports platform in North America. We are the easiest and most exciting way to play DFS. It's just you against the numbers. It's that simple. Instead of battling thousands of other players, including the pros and the sharks, believe me, I've been there. You can pick more than or less than on two to six player stat projections and watch your winnings roll in. If you have the skills, you can turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps. Prize picks is really simple to play. You can make your picks and submit your entry in less than 60 seconds. It's that quick and easy. Plus, you get quick withdrawals, easy gameplay, and an enormous selection of players and stat types are what makes Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. With Prize Picks reboot policy, and this is my favorite feature, your entries stay in play even if one of your players get gets injured. So how about that? You've had maybe some of you have had a bet that has gone wrong because a player didn't finish the game. Well, guess what? 
Prize Picks has you covered with that for NFL games and college football top 25 matchups. If you have a player who exits in the game in the first half, does not return to the second half, that player is rebooted, covered, insured. Prize Picks is the only, only, only daily fantasy sports platform with injury insurance. Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on college and use code locked on college for your first deposit match up to $100. That is prizepicks.com slash locked on college with promo code locked on college for the first deposit match up to $100. Prize picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. And Locked On Nittany Lines is your go-to podcast for HappyValleyInsider.com. Penn State rivals, coverage for UMass, coverage and previews coming up for the Ohio State game. We now know the kickoff here we're going to talk about in the last segment. But check them out for more content and coverage around Penn State football, men's basketball, wrestling, men's hockey, HappyValleyInsider.com. We will start with Jalen Harvey setting his commitment date officially. It's been a long time coming, but he's going to announce his commitment on Monday, October 16th, just less than a week away. And there, there's good there's good with this and there's bad with this as well. But just a reminder, Jalen Harvey, class of 2024, edge defender, a four-star, one of Penn State's biggest priorities. He was high on the big board. Still projected to Penn State. He's been future-casted. He's been crystal-balled. However you want to frame it, he's been projected to Penn State since, well, last October, if we're being honest. So one year later, and the Nittany Lions finally land at Jalen Harvey. It's down to Penn State, Maryland, and USC. One of these things is not like the other. <laughs> Penn State, Maryland, and now he's from Maryland. He's the hometown. That would be the hometown school, the Terrapins. And honestly, I got to say it's down to Penn State and Maryland. I don't think USC, they made it interesting, but I don't think, and I know they're coming to the Big Ten. I get that. That was probably part of the pitch. But I don't think it's enough. You still have to move all the way across to the West Coast. And that's where the East Coast schools like Penn State and Maryland can kind of still win in these recruiting battles, even though the conferences have just been flipped upside down in terms of geographics, right? Uh, Maryland, let's let's look at it from Maryland's point of view in Penn State. Maryland needs a high-profile player here. And why I think it comes down to Penn State and Maryland, Harvey's the hometown kid, okay? Uh, he fits the bill as that local kid from the area, and he would be a headliner in Maryland's class of 2024, and they need that. Maryland, with this known, might offer an extensive NIL package. They might put one together. You retain the hometown kid, you stick it to Penn State, who you think is your rival, and you get that top player in your class of 2024. You're basically putting all your chips in, even though it's not the biggest win in recruiting, you're going to put all your chips towards Jalen Harvey. Now for Penn State, he's not the top prospect in this class, but he's certainly up there. And you have to wonder, what is does Jalen Harvey essentially want to be a big fish in a smaller pond, or does he want to be a medium-sized fish in, in a bigger pond here uh, and, and develop, right? You've seen what Penn State has done with Chop Robinson. I imagine that it would be the same thing here with Jalen Harvey, that kind of pitch. And you have Malachi Williams coming in, who's already verbally committed out of the state of Pennsylvania. Penn State still does value him. Don't think just because, well, Maryland's going to go all in that Penn State isn't going all in either. Him and Malachi Williams were at the top of this big board for the class of 2024. Williams is off because he's committed. Harvey's still there. Like I said, USC made it interesting, but they're just too far away. I like that he, feel good about this, Penn State fan. I like that this decision comes after he attends the whiteout. He went out to a USC game to open up the season. 
Then he goes to the Maryland-Virginia game on a Friday night, and then he goes to the whiteout. James Franklin gives him that big, rowdy hug and that big, aggressive hug. And yet now he makes this decision to commit conveniently after the whiteout game. That's all I'm just saying. He also did admit that Jalen Harvey did admit that part of this has to do with the fact that the school, he wants to do this at his school's field, his high school's football field. So there needed to be some coordination there. So that is part of it as well. But Penn State was the last school that he officially visited for a football game. That's all I'm saying here. And uh, now we'll finally know. We will get our answers and the conversation will be done and over with Monday October 16th and happy Valley insider had that one. Correct. They called that Harvey was going to set a commitment date in October. So there you have it. Penn state and Ohio state prime time under the lights. No, under the daylight, big noon kickoff Fox takes the game and puts it, like I said, at noon Eastern time. So Colin coward who hosts a, a show on Fox, Spoiled it for everybody when he had Joel Klatt on the show saying that, oh, you know, the Big Ten Conference and Fox, they get all the all the best games from the Big Ten Conference are on Fox. And Joel Klatt said, yeah, I'll have the privilege of getting a call that. So technically, Joel Klatt spilled the beans here, showed the hand. But Colin Coward uh, essentially set him up. There were rumblings that this would happen. We We kind of knew. I guess I was prepared for this because I'm not as fired up. Maybe I should be a little more frustrated in, in this case, but I'm not. I'm used to the pain that Penn State doesn't get as many primetime games as they should. Penn State, Michigan, we already know, is going to be a big noon kickoff as well. Fox gets the first choice with these games. That's just the way the draft was for the 2023 season. They like the noon window. The, you, can't, you can't argue with them because they're doing what's best for TV ratings and viewership. The primetime spot, the reason Penn State and Ohio State isn't in the primetime spot is because guess what? Those primetime spots on other networks are also filled with primetime caliber type of games. Wow, crazy, right? But Fox essentially chooses its media battles here. Fine, whatever. It still stinks. I, I don't like it any more than anybody else does because night games, we all know, are just better under the lights. Ohio State will be doing that copycat Scarlet out. I wonder where they got the inspiration from that and fitting because the Nittany Lions are coming into town. But Penn State is a six and a half point underdog, and I still like the Nittany Lions straight up in this one. I'm going to have more previews and predictions and guests to discuss that and break it down, but I really do like Penn State in this spot. Penn State has closed the gap. Ohio State took a small step back. Penn State took a bigger step forward than people are giving them credit for, and it's going to show in Columbus at noon. Uh, on that fateful Saturday. That'll do it for this edition of Locked On Nittany Lines. Again, let me know in the comments what you think about any of it. The <laughs> the quotes from James Franklin, the feedback from the Wolverines about what, what James Franklin said, Jalen Harvey, big noon kickoff, all of it. I want to hear from you. This is your conversation as well. Subscribe, become an everyday or wherever you get your podcasts here on the YouTube channel. For more Penn State football coverage, keep it right here on Locked On Nittany Lions.